0: How lucky was I to be in Portofino several years in a row taking photos of a sailing regatta sponsored by Xenia, the fashion house nonetheless, surrounded by beauty of all kinds, the harbor itself, sleek state-of-the-art boats at the time, and at least 400 Italian sailors who were just as happy to be there as I was. And I'm, I'm thinking those regattas were some of the best weeks of my life. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> oh, excuse me, until I met Tommaso, of course. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> I'm not 400 good looking Italian sailors, but I still carry a
0: little bit of weight, I hope. <laughs> Even at this age. Very true. Welcome to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italian. My name is Kimberly Holcomb, and I'm here with the main sailor of my life, Tommaso. I normally don't trim the main.
1: I'm normally a head sail trimmer oh, or geez. a navigator, but I'll be a main trimmer for right now because they usually just sit there and push a button, so I'm good. Oh, nowadays. Nowadays, yes. Okay.
0: Well, speaking of sailing, I also rely on... Tommaso's unrivaled talent to tie a knot of any kind. And I know we don't need knots. He's looking at me like, why are you mentioning this? (laughs) We don't need knots in our podcast studio normally, but I'm just bragging about this impressive skill of yours. Well,
1: I only have a handful of knots and that's all you need. I watch Instagram and I see these people tying these complex, fancy knots, which I'm sure you tie the bumpers on in a super yacht. And I've, I've never needed any of those. You've got the basics, but I also want to shout out to our audience down under, <gasps> our friends, because at one point someone showed me an Australian trucker's hitch mic.
0: Yes, that's that's the one that I'm blown away by <laughs> on Australian trucker's hitch.
1: I think it's a trucker's hitch in general, but they coined it. They 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 co opted it. it. Whatever. It was, it was, it's impressive. It was, at the time, it was like life changing.
0: What do you mean? At the time you did one the other day out back. I was like, that's when I learned it. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Well, let's get back to our podcast and on to other impressive things, shall we? Let's go. Okay. Portofino. It's a teeny little port on the West coast of Italy on the Ligurian Sea. It's about halfway between the city of Genova, or as the English pronounce it, Genoa, and Cinque Terre. The harbor itself is protected from the two promontories or these big tall bluffs that keep the winds at bay. Portofino was mentioned in history books as far back as the first century, but it was referred to as Porto Delfini. Hmm. which either makes reference to the amount of dolphins that might have been there at the time, or I was thinking perhaps from above, because the harbor itself is very curved. So maybe from above, it's shaped like the curve of a dolphin.
1: I don't know who would have gotten up there at that time. They didn't have drones way back then. Yeah, no, someone actually climbed the rocks. Ah, way. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Geographic access. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs>
0: Then in the 1100s, it was noted for being a safe port to offer shelter to boats in transit to and from Rome. And then as the centuries wore on, people began to build these brightly colored houses and they abutted them right up to each other to take advantage of the small footprint on the sunny side of the harbor. And these houses have been so coveted over the years that they don't change hands often. And when a family expanded, They just simply built another floor on top of the roof. And you can see it to this day. Staggered. Yeah. Sometimes they took the roof off and added a floor and sometimes they left it and just cut a hole. There there weren't any building inspectors back in those days. No, (laughs) exactly. No. When most people enter Portofino, they see that picture perfect postcard little village with those same brightly colored tall narrow houses, the beautiful yachts in the harbor and the charming cafes. With these colored awnings, they all have these awnings and you sit below and you, you spend a pretty penny to have a cappuccino, I'll say that. But you get in some very serious people watching. But at the same time, I'm willing to bet that the average tourist misses all the ancient history in this compact little port. Because they're doing what I just mentioned. They're intrigued by the current day lore of the rich and famous who flock to Portofino every summer. But there in this teeny village is the Duomo, actually, called Chiesa del Divo Martino. And this church dates back to 1130, which is pretty old for a little seaside port on how the big, west side.
1: How big is the Duomo? I mean, Teeny. Never, teeny. Really?
0: Yeah, it's small, but you, they're calling it the Duomo because it's the main Chiesa of, ah, of the city. <laughs> so it's small and it has this... Very simple but beautiful, I think, graphic exterior. It's like this pale yellow stripe and then a gray stone stripe. So it sticks out. You can't miss it.
1: Back to the stripes again.
0: Yes, very graphic. And it has a big, tall square bell tower, which is pretty one-of-a-kind, unique for such a small place. Every time I go in there, no one's there except for other Italians worshiping.
1: I think the Italian government clears out all the tourists when you go in. Yeah, you're you're like the revered, they
0: appreciate my love of churches. You're the
1: revered one.
0: Oh, that's so cute <laughs> to think that could be true. Anyway, so it is unvisited by the average tourist, but when you walk in that that little teeny church, you cannot believe the ornate interior, all this detail in this little teeny church in this little teeny village. Like, who would have expected it? And also, there's a castle on top of one of the promontories that you cannot miss. But again, most tourists don't go up there because women could not walk up this little rock mountain in high-heeled sandals, of course. You have to be dressed appropriately. Right. And most
1: people aren't dressed appropriately because they're- Going to be seen. Showing off the-
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so this castle was originally built in the Middle Ages by the Genovese for defense, yet it was renovated and enlarged over the centuries, including by our friend, the very busy Napoleone Buonaparte. Where didn't that do? Exactly. (laughs) Both France and Italy, he was everywhere all the time. So Buonaparte enlarged the castle significantly. However, for all these years, or at least since the mid-1800s, it's been referred to as Castello Brown. Brown is obviously not an Italian word. And that is when an English consul bought it as a personal retreat and thought it was the perfect venue for his own wedding, commanding view and all. And as a matter of fact, before his wedding, he somehow got these pretty mature, Large pine trees, those ones that are all over the Amalfi Coast and Rome, the ones where they trim off the limbs Mm -hmm. as they grow, then has that huge canopy and they bend. They're so unique, right? There's two of them up at Castello Brown since the mid 1800s. So you see it from afar on a boat, you see it as you're driving, you're like, oh, Castello Brown. The trees are still there. Wow. It's stunning. And then finally, in 1961, the municipality of Portofino purchased Costello Brown and is now open for any kind of public event that they hold, celebrations or whatnot, and it can be rented for private parties or weddings. And I'm telling you, that is quite the spot for matrimonio. And as a matter of fact, this summer, some of my clients hiked up to the castle, you know, that fabulously fit couple I referred to. They basically hiked every single incline in all of Italy over the few months they were there this summer. They hiked up to the top of Castello Brown on a very early morning this past July, you know, height of the season, but it was right as a storm was arriving, but they kept at it. They got up there. They were the only ones there. So they just took shelter while the storm passed and then Dana took a video because That Costello has a 360-degree view. You just stand there physically and turn, and you see everything. She sent me the video of that, and it was fabulous. Storm coming in over the med. Exactly. Wow. You never showed me that. I'll show you later.
1: There's a lot of things that go deep into your phone and never come out. The vault. The vault. Anyway,
0: then the same couple went down to the village after the storm, and they said, No one was there. We had a cappuccino. It was amazing. We love Portofino.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the benefit of getting up, as you've said many times, getting up early in the morning and late at night.
0: That's what I, because I had pre warned them and said, look, it's so idyllic. It's so beautiful, but it can be a mob scene during the day. But they were smart. They took heed and they enjoyed it and they had it to themselves also because of the coincidence of the storm.
1: So remember earlier this summer, I talked about the mayor of Portland. Oh, you read that article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he banned selfies from like 10 a.m. to 6 a.m. because everyone getting in a line was blocking traffic and tying it up. In these two specific, like, picture-perfect spots. Exactly. Exactly. So, if any of you would like to get a selfie into a green screen, we'll provide the background. Oh, get a green screen, take a picture of yourself, and we'll whack it in in Photoshop for you for nineteen ninety nine. You have a selfie in Portofino.
0: <laughs> well, actually, the mayor, in Italian, it sounded a little better, but translated, he called it anarchic chaos. Yeah, because it literally prohibited people from, as I mentioned, it's a teeny port with one access. You have to park way far away. Everyone walks. And the backup was because of other Instagram influencers or your average person that wanted a selfie in the same spot that the influencer was taking it. So they backed up and actually waited in line in turn to take the selfie. It was ridiculous. It's almost
1: like people waiting for Mackerel Cove and backing up on Hamilton Avenue in Jamestown. (laughs) Jesus. Just saying.
0: Okay. All right. Well- I bet you, (laughs) kind of a funny analogy, I am willing to bet you those selfie-taking influencers in Portofino did not hike to the top of Castello Brown or go into Devo Martino Church. Okay. Just saying. All right. So I would like to describe my visits to Portofino, which is why I have such a love for this place. In Milano, I had a good friend named Adam, and he was from Australia. And in Australia, he was involved in coordinating all these sailing regattas. Remember, Tomas, I told you he sailed 18-foot skiffs. Right. That were really fast for yes, the time. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. amazing. Yeah. So he did that a lot up in Lago di Garda. And then he slowly got into other regattas, including this one in Portofino. So he was a photographer also. And Adam and I hung out quite a bit. And then randomly, I kid you not, one day he Said, hey, listen, would you like to go to Portofino with me and help me shoot the regatta?
1: Uh, let me make a decision on that. Okay. <laughs> I was like,
0: who would say no? In a nanosecond. <laughs> like, duh. Okay. But I said yes. And then the deal was he had. Imagine a, that. He had a very strict budget, as in nothing. So I wasn't going to get paid. We had to stay in like cheap. Uh, accommodations, whatever. I didn't care. I was going to Portofino. I'd heard about it forever. So we also had to share a hotel room. And since his budget couldn't afford Portofino, we stayed in a place closer to the village of Santa Margarita, which I also really love. And the hotel was fine. It had this sweet view of the sea. I recall that. And the other thing I remember, Adam was very nice and gave me the bed and he slept on a couch or divano or something. And the other thing I remember that sticks out from this trip is that I had never heard snoring that loud from any human in my life until Adam. <laughs> has, he, has he exceeded my decibels? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. So anyway, it was so much fun. So each morning we spent shooting the crew, preparing the boats for racing And then I would get on one inflatable boat, he would get on the other, so that you would have two vantage points to shoot the regatta. So these rubber inflatable boats in Italian are called Gomone. And each Gomone had a driver, and they would take us out to the south point of Portofino at the end of the promontories where there was the best breeze, because as I mentioned, super protected.
1: They know the best breeze. They They know where the best shots are.
0: Well, it wasn't just, it's where the regatta was held. I understand. Right. So we had to go out quite away on the Gomone. And I thought, this is amazing. And here I am in this little in Gomone with this very nice Italian driver who- He wasn't good looking, was he? <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and on top of it, Tommaso, you'll understand this. This was the first time that I saw a little inflatable, a rib, as we call it in English, driver stand, right? I had only seen in America smaller regattas, even during the America's Cup here in Newport, which Tom was in. And I was here watching it. Funny enough, we didn't know each other then. But anyway, I had never seen a little rib driver stand. And they stood like Adonises. Yeah, they they and- they had one line from the bow. The bow line. If they needed it. And then their most, other.
1: Most of them need it. Come
0: on. And then their other hand was behind them with the engine. And they just, it was like a, it was like a, I don't even know how to describe it. Was
1: it was sort of like me in Maine last week. I was the Maine <laughs> Gomone. I had a line going out to Monhegan. <laughs> While someone else was driving. You right. were just... I was looking majestic. It's all good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was so fun. Anyway, so we sped around the sea and I took photos of the regatta with the stunning backdrop of the Ligurian coast. And And then that was what happened each day. And each day I had a different driver and they were, you know, all of the same caliber. How How about if I Describe it that way. Yeah, just really good looking dudes. (laughs) This is why at the beginning of the intro, I said I felt so lucky (laughs) to be there. It was just the most unbelievable situation I found myself in. It was so much fun. But then there were the regatta dinners every night. And since we weren't part of a boat crew, I was with Adam, who was working for the regatta, for Xenia, for the sail magazines, etc., So we were invited every single night by the various sponsors to the best restaurants in the Little Port.
1: Oh, woe is you. I know. It was amazing. Woe is you. (laughs) It was
0: completely amazing.
1: I must admit the best fregata food I've ever had is in the Med. Exactly. Doesn't compare. Exactly. Newport doesn't compare. England doesn't compare. Right. Italy, Saint-Tropez, Monaco. Yep, 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 yep. yep. All All fun, right?
0: One of those, again, things that makes you feel so lucky. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind that since Zania sponsored this regatta every year, they designed the uniforms for the race officials, the dock hands. So everywhere I went, everywhere I looked, everyone was like, ever so stylish
1: the italians the italians they still do it right man
0: exactly like just a dock boy would be standing there waiting to grab a line when some boat came in and he looked like a model yeah in the most well-fit dock handout that you've ever seen they pick
1: them off the street the night before and give them a three-hour training course You're good enough. Let's uh, it go. Was,
0: it was literally like being in a movie set, like La Dolce Vita. Every, <laughs> everyone was just perfect. Everything was perfect. And I might as well add, since I'm at it, that Xenia had a deal with sponsorship with the French champagne brand Veuve Clicquot. Oh. I can't pronounce that correctly, oh. but yeah, right? And that was also my first experience with fine champagne. Keep in mind, I was young and, you know, not that worldly at the time, and everything. Actually, the entire regatta was filled with a lot of firsts for me. Again, the lucky factor. So, on my second regatta, I met Lowell North, who was at the time America's most famous sailmaker. <clears throat> I think you Ted, don't
1: agree. Uh, well, I think he was up there, but <laughs> Ted Hood. From, oh, also, from Marblehead was was there, and I think Ted is probably rolling over in his grave right oh, now. Oh, I'm
0: sorry to offend you, Ted. But I didn't get to meet Ted. I only got to meet Lowell North. The beauty of Lowell is yes. Lowell was
1: eccentric. Lowell was yes. an eccentric Californian. Ted was a New Englander, yes. sort of, kind of mm, formal, if you will.
0: Okay. Well, check this story out. This is what made this second Regatta so much fun. So Adam had to take a portrait of him on the docks of Lowell. And, you know, all the boats were in the background, the village in the background, and I was there with him. And he was like, okay, that's great. Thank you, Lowell. And then Lowell said, well, would you like to take some photos from where we're staying? And Adam's like, no, we're good. Thinking, like, the background was perfect. I said, well, I'll go with you if you don't mind. I don't have anything else to do right now. And Adam's like, sure, good idea. See you later. (laughs) So we, where do we go? Where are they staying? Hotel Splendido. So for those of you that have heard about Portofino, you've probably heard about Hotel Splendido. This was also the first time I had ever been in a hotel of that caliber. And I tried to maintain my composure. Lowell and his wife walked me in there. I was like, oh, Dio mio. So it was awesome. But let me just tell you the history of it. It was built originally in the 1500s as a Benedictine monastery. And about 300 years later, it turned into private residence. And eventually, Ruggero Valentini, who was Italy's master of hospitality at the time, turned it in to Hotel Splendido. And the name could not be more apropos. So as I mentioned, I I kept my cool and I took photos of Lowell and his wife from the top terrace. And below the view was like all these tropical plants in these terraced gardens, palm trees, then the port. And I kid you not, the light was like shimmering off the water. I mean, it was so beautiful. So I took the pictures. They were really kind. And I said, well, thank you very much. And I think the magazine will prefer these over the ones Adam took. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lol said, wait, would you like to have lunch with us? I'm like, Sure. So we had lunch on the Terrazza Bar, one of the other terraces. It was the most lovely lunch of my life. I'm not exaggerating. It was a pinch yourself moment. And I have to say that they were so kind to me and pretended to be really impressed. Well, no, they probably
1: were impressed.
0: No, they pretended to be impressed that. I told him my dad had north sails on his 40-year-old, <laughs> 29-foot boat. They well, were like, oh, that's well, so nice. You know,
1: Lowell. So Lowell was a Southern Californian, would invite you there. He was a, a nice guy, eccentric, but a exemplified Southern California. Um, Ted Hood would Ted Hood would have said thank you.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bye-bye. So that, that was one of my just best days ever. I'll never forget it. And funny enough, fast forward, one of my first clients that hired me when I started my travel planning business, they chose Hotel Splendido as the treat for their anniversary trip. And sadly, their trip was postponed twice due to COVID. But when they finally got there, they drove there, they were greeted by the staff, someone parked their car, they were let into their room, which they got upgraded because I wrote the manager of Hotel Splendido my story from 25 years earlier. They upgraded this couple to a room with a view, corner room with a terrace, and they were so beside themselves that the first thing they did was go down to the terrazza bar and have lunch because wow. I had told them that story. It was so cute. When we go, can we do that too? Yes, you know we're going in our drive this fall. So I'm going to oh tee them up and say, ciao, sonuillo. <laughs> Tommaso's <me> coming. <laughs> I'm bringing my sailor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Hotel Splendido and Portofino itself, it's like Capri in a way. The Hollywood stars and all the European glitterati have flocked to both places for years. And, you know, it seems like these beautiful places attract beautiful people but imagine right but the rest of us can enjoy portofino as well and once you see it in the off season you will understand why it's such a coveted destination you just need to go as i mentioned off season you need to know where to not take a selfie and and you're leaving la dolce vita (laughs) all right i think we'll sign off with a Grazie mille to all of you who listen to our podcast and to those of you who hire me to plan their trips. Yet. Do you agree, Tommaso? I think an upcoming episode should be on the specifics of my travel planning to help people understand what I can do for them and how I differ from what they find online. Yes, because
1: you've had enough uh, people sending emails and, and friends even that going other places and they're getting disinformation on other locations. True,
0: true, true. So, but I also get a lot of requests to do one random little thing. I understand. Like, I understand. Hey, do you have a tour guide in Palermo? But but I think this is
1: one of the reasons the value proposition you provide in this day and age where stuff's getting, I will say I've been online forever and
0: it's, I've never seen it so weird. Exactly. As a matter of fact, yesterday I was looking online and a website with Portofino in the name. I mean, it sounded like a very legit website. It, sure. it almost seemed like perhaps an official website for Portofino tourism board. I'm going to make one called James Fino. me mio. Just kidding. <laughs> Cracking some. Silly jokes today. It's early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, right. We don't normally record this early, but it was a busy day yesterday. Anyway, a good example of this kind of misinformation was on this Portofino something or other website. They had pictures of the Amalfi Coast intermixed with some with Portofino. Well, oh, you, you
1: told me about that at dinner last Isn't night.
0: Isn't that ridiculous? And
1: the, the photos were actually labeled.
0: Yeah, they had they had portofino like splattered all over it in like a opaque thing so that someone couldn't download the picture and use it elsewhere. I was like, you guys, this is Positano on the Amalfi coast, not portofino. Right. So all that kind of stuff is out there. And I think I would just like to dive into my travel playing services in an upcoming episode. Okay. Maybe next week. I'll
1: talk talk to the producers, see if we can get it. scheduled. Thank you very much. Okay.
0: Va bene a tutti, grazie mille e ciao ciao. Ciao ciao.